With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Purple Row podcast for and by Rockies fans. Welcome to Affected by Altitude. I'm Becca Gillen, and today I am joined by Adam Peterson. How are you doing today, Adam? Doing okay. Just uh, finished a cross-country move. Uh, moved to Kentucky, of all places. Um, uh, adjusting to the Eastern time zone has been a struggle. So to all of our um, Rockies fans and listeners who have been following the team from the Eastern time zone, uh, feel free to tweet at me and give me the best strategies for following the Rockies from two time zones away, um, especially in a season when they are not going to enter my time zone at all. Oh, yeah. But other than that, I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, I have just finished uh, cleaning my apartment because when you're still stuck at home, might as well clean everything. And I got rid of a ton of stuff and cleaned out. And I feel more relieved in life, which is such a silly thing. But cleaning out things, getting decluttering makes a world of difference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what's the name of that uh, author who's all about decluttering? Uh, Marie Kendo. Um, yes. I'm, I'm sure she'd be really proud of you. I'm sure she would. Although I'm sure her biggest thing was like, does this item bring you joy? I'm sure there are things in my apartment that do not bring me joy, but whatever. I mean, I have yeah. a TV in a box that I should probably get rid of because I haven't touched it in two years since I got a new TV. But you know what? It works. I don't want to get rid of it. If it works, <laughs> you know. But yeah, um, and and not every individual book on my bookshelf uh, brings me joy. But what does bring me joy is seeing a full bookshelf. So does that count? Ms. I think Kendo? it counts. I don't know. I think you're safe. Um, okay. But thank you, Adam, for joining me. This is probably. The last podcast where at least we're, we'll be just the two of us. Um, ben worked really, really hard on the Purple Row Sim. And now that baseball is going to be back, that means the Sim has officially ended. Um, it'll probably be a couple weeks before Ben can record a podcast with us. But at least we'll have Ben back. I'm sure people missed him. Um, and he worked really, really hard on the Purple Row Sim, which I enjoyed. It was a nice kind of break in the monotony of working, staying at home and quarantine life. So, yeah. 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 Ben, Ben did, uh, an exceptional job. I think it's really easy to take for granted everything that Ben did because, you know, there's just every few days, here's a purple rose Sim. Like here's, here's some Rockies related material. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the same as a real season and, uh, you know, didn't broadcast every game and, you know, we didn't have uh, Fangraphs leaderboards that we could check to see how all these things were doing, um, you know, like it we would in a real season. But shoot, like, this way more than a lot of people had for their team uh, over the past few months. And um, I remember asking Ben recently uh, if he thought it would go this long. And he, he, he said, this is actually pretty close to where I thought it would go. Um, 
you know, he figured he would get to June, maybe even into July when he started. So um, kudos to him. Like it's, I said this last time, but it's, it's hours and hours of work every time he does that. Um, and the finished product is, uh, you know, pretty exceptional uh, considering it's just working off of MLB the show. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we, yeah can't can't give ben enough credit for what he did and uh um i would ask that anyone listening make sure make sure that they get onto twitter and just uh send uh ben kuchnikavich a a hearty thank you for for running the sim this season yeah if they haven't done so already puts he puts so much work into it think about it like every broadcast was about two hours, give or take, um, anywhere from an hour and a half to about two hours. And that's him just having the broadcast of doing the play-by-play, taking two hours, having to edit the video, upload the video. It was a whole lot of work. And so we really appreciate all that he did to provide entertainment to the Purple Row community and Rockies fans in general in a time where there was no sports. And it was hard and when you miss baseball and you love baseball and you follow it closely, it's hard to be in the middle of June or right now we're in the middle of July, towards the end of July, and not actually having regular season baseball. So Ben did a fantastic job. He did a great job with the play-by-play. Um, and the Rockies actually did a fairly okay job when it came down to it. Um, do you remember exactly what the ending record is? Because I should have written that down and I did not. Yeah, the ending record was 77 77- and 84, uh, if I'm doing my math correctly. I remember there were 77 wins, uh, which... I think it is it 85? <laughs> yes. I, I Look, just because I was a stats minor in college doesn't mean I can do basic arithmetic in my head like that. So, um, If I'm being honest, I have a calculator, like a, an actual calculator sitting next to me. Not my phone calculator. I do finances for work, so at my desk I have a calculator. Okay, so, you so, just, so you just we're cheated right there. With yes, that, uh, yes, it's seventy-seven and eighty-five. I did. It's um, fine. Which is pretty dang good, considering the fact that um, they spent a lot of May just being in the absolute cellar um, of of the league. You know, the the last stats update we did last week, they were, you know, the second worst team in the National League, and so. Uh, right above the Mets, I want to say, which is uh, the this, the one thing that I wish we could have had is I wish we had the rest of SB Nation uh, doing something similar for their teams this whole time because, like, I bet uh, the folks at Bucks Dugout would have been thrilled to watch the Pirates just absolutely dominate the NL Central and watching all those other powerhouses struggle i'm not sure how the playoffs shook out um maybe we'll have ben on to tell us that next time he's able to be on the podcast but but finishing 77 and 85 like you know that's about what i figured this 2020 rockies team would have done in a 162 game season uh, in real life and so yeah the path there was a little different ben did say that at some point in late august they were a game above 500 even so yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah, so I think for me, they're about where I thought they would be anyway as well. Uh, my biggest thing was, I think last year, the poor performance was definitely something 
that was not necessarily a fluke, but I think they did worse than what they should have ended up with. So I was hoping yeah, 100%. for for like less than 90 losses. Like that was, I'm like, if we can stay under 90, that's where I feel like we're going to be. If we lose 90 plus times again, like then we're in general trouble. But I really do think that where they ended up on the sim is a good representation of where they really would have been. Um, the last series that we broadcast this past weekend was actually pretty entertaining to watch. Um, I didn't watch all three games, um, but I did watch two of the three and they actually swept the Braves, which was really cool. Um, Charlie Blackman hit a home run. Maybe I believe he hit two. I I think he had two home runs on Friday, the walk off sack fly on Saturday. And uh, I don't remember how he did today. I remember the, I remember Nolan hit an eighth inning insurance home run. And then Charlie Colberson, of all people, hit a home run in the ninth in Sunday's game. Yeah, so I Friday night, I definitely remember like being like, okay, Charlie Blackman, welcome back from the injured list. Because we did follow basically what was happening. So with him having COVID-19, we made the decision to put him on the IL. Since if they were actually playing the season, if he had – if they were at that point, he would have been on the IL. So kind of followed along with that. It was really cool to watch some of the major league debuts throughout the season. Um, and then seeing like Tyler Kinley being fantastic in the sim compared to some of our other bullpen arms. And so he garnished the nickname must see Kinley mm. through our sim and like on Twitter and different things which is going to be really hard when it comes down to starting the games and separating the things that happened in the sim with things that are happening in the season because it's going to be very different. Um, We don't really know how things are going to pan out with certain players and all of that, but the sim was a lot of fun. Um, The last... Well, and and wasn't it Evan Grills who was like, for a stretch in the sim, like one of our best starters, and he was released by the Rockies before they even opened up yeah, summer camp. Ex- like, and we and Ben was like, "We got to do it." Like, this is what I've been doing the whole time. I was like, "No, I know." Like, he wasn't bl- he wasn't a Cy Young ca- candidate or anything like that, but he was doing really well. Yeah, so. so it's it's one of those things that we were following along with what was actually happening, but also we were trying to to make our own educated guesses with roster moves and do the best thing for the team and pay attention to what some of the guys were doing in AAA. So it was really fun. I think Ben enjoyed being the manager without being the manager. Um, you know, we tried to, to do things as Bud Black and um, Jeff Breidich would do. So I think it was definitely fun to watch. We had a lot of discussions as – a staff to see who to get rid of. Like I was very much pro getting rid of Jeff Hoffman, but nobody else was. So we'll see. Um, because again, we can't lose the too low trade. <laughs> we, we just, we can't lose the, that too low trade. And if we, if we get rid of Hoffman, we're admitting defeat. And I refuse to admit defeat. That, I don't care that too retired at this point. <laughs> that's, that's not enough of a win for me. Fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, we, like we said earlier, Ben did a great job. We really appreciate all that he put into it. Um, but baseball is back. So that is a very exciting thing. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the road that it took to get to 
where we are to actually have games starting this week. Um, the last podcast we discussed the proposal that was on the table at the time, which ended up being rejected. And we didn't actually end up coming to an agreement between, or let's say we didn't end up coming to a new agreement between the Players Association right. and Major League Baseball. So all of the back right, and forth because was crazy. But go ahead. Right. Yeah, so in our last podcast, we were in the position where um, you know, the players union finally said, "Show us, tell us when and where. And then finally Rob Manfred and Tony Clark of the Players Association finally got together and said, okay, let's, let's figure something out. And coming out of that meeting, it seemed like we were really, really close to getting a deal. Um, and you know, the two sides traded proposals one more time and they were actually not that far off. And it seemed like the biggest difference was that uh, Major League Baseball wanted the Players Association to waive their right to file a grievance uh, over the whole process. Like, hey, we'll do all these things. You just got to say that you're not going to file a grievance. Um, and ultimately, the Players Association said, no, we're not going to do that, but we want to get as much of a game in as, or as many games in as we can. So your proposal is acceptable to us. They ended up with, I think, full prorated pay uh, for the 60 games um, and, you know, a modified schedule where you're just playing in division and universal DH and expanded playoffs, but no expanded playoffs or universal DH for next season. Uh, so uh, am I missing any big details on what the final agreement was? Because it essentially just reverted back to the March 26th agreement, which was you know, the commissioner's office has the right to set a season. Uh, yeah. I think the biggest things that I, and I don't, I didn't look into the, the March 26th agreement at 26th, right. Um, agreement as much as I probably should have, but I do know that they agreed on letting players opt out, whether it was medically necessary or not. Um, that was a, a big thing that came of that. And I think that was part of, the March agreement, I could be wrong on that, but mm-hmm. the fact that we do have a universal DH for this season, but maybe not next season unless they come to some other random agreement in the off season, we'll see. Um, I think it'll all depend on how this season plays out and if they're able to do the full season or not. But mm-hmm. I think that ultimately, yeah, you're, you're hitting the high points because waiving the grievance was the big sticking point for the Players Association, and I understand why they were feeling like they were kind of being slighted and that Major League Baseball wasn't negotiating in good faith. And I think they want to keep that card in their pocket depending on how things play out. Um, And there still might be a grievance no matter how things play out because of everything. And shortly after they announced that, okay, we're going to just move forward with that agreement. It's 60 games. Here we go. Um, A lot of things started coming to light, like the – operations manual was released and it was, I think like 111 pages. I read yeah. the whole thing because I'm crazy. Yeah. Good for you. But I, just I kinda... <laughs> waited for you to read it. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to know what was in it. You know, it's one of those things that all the details I probably don't need to know. Like they have very strict regulations on using rideshare and travel and things like that, that I think are important to the teams, but aren't necessarily important to us, the fans, because, I mean, how do we care how they're getting to the game? 
yeah, like cabs are acceptable, ride shares, depending on where you're at and what availability and all these things. So those things weren't necessarily important, but I did read through them anyway. I think the things that were important in there to take away were how they were planning on playing the game. If somebody contracted COVID-19, what are the protocols in place for that? Which there's a special injured list specifically for COVID-19 and players have to test negative twice before they're able to return. So I think it was just a good thing to read. There's a lot more in depth to that, but I think that was a good thing to read at the time. And I kind of have a concept of what things will look like for the season. It was interesting because of all the travel regulations, um, pardon my stutter there, um, all of the regulations that they had put in place for travel, they had stipulations on to like not use major airports, but to try and use more regional sized for travel, which I think the Rockies already do in general, except for maybe where they land, but I know they don't use DIA generally. Um, But like things like that. And based on what they said with travel, I was like, interesting. You would think that they would want to minimize travel between teams as much as possible. But when you look at the schedule, it's not necessarily the case. You know, you have, I thought they were going to try and do longer series, perhaps like it was a lot of guessing based on what I read. And, um, yeah. Now that the schedule is out, we know that they travel more than I anticipated. Yeah, and so that's um, – I de- definitely want to talk about the schedule. Just going back to some of the safety protocols, um, you know, there's a couple interesting wrinkles there. Like, you know, there's a special COVID positive IL, but um, due to HIPAA laws, we don't know if that's why a player is going on an IL. Like, they might get, you know – a mystery IL assignment or they might just not be there. And so then essentially everyone's like putting two and two together. Um, And so, so it's kind of this weird situation where it's just like, well, you're not supposed to know, but everyone knows. Um, So like, I found that interesting and and a little odd. I don't, I don't know about you. And, um, but then you, yeah, there's a lot of nuances with that. And I think a lot of that came to light um, with Charlie Blackman when he tested positive Mm -hmm for COVID-19 because he didn't release that information. And I think he had it for probably a week or so before, or at least was feeling sick for a few days before anybody even knew that he tested positive. And when that news got released to the media, um, I know his wife was very upset. I mean, rightfully so. She had this big post on. should have the option of. post on Instagram, uh, reaming whoever it was, the source who leaked it to the media like and and you're right like legitimate grievance there like i mean you know hipaa laws exist for a reason like those privacy laws exist for a reason this is the definition of that um you know it's it's different from when a player you know twists his knee rounding second base and then he's out for two weeks like um you know it's a it's a private thing and so i i I did see that there was some players and some coaches who were like you know, encouraging players to say, hey, you need to let everyone know that you've tested positive for this to just kind of remove some of the stigma around it. Um, but but still, like, it's, a, it's an ugly place to have to be. Yeah, and the other thing with the situation is, and, like, HIPAA laws with all of this that makes it interesting, too, is only healthcare providers really fall under the HIPAA violations. So 
if Charlie told a friend and a friend told a friend and that's who told the media, like that's not really breaking mm-hmm. the HIPAA laws. If it was a healthcare provider that released that information, then yes, like it's all of that. So there's just a whole lot of weird, like, well, was it a HIPAA violation or was it somebody telling somebody and telling yeah, somebody? Or- and there were three players that tested well- positive. And so, like, maybe one of those players knew who had it and they released it, but didn't want to be named. Or maybe it was someone on the team who, like, in the front office who didn't necessarily know, but put two and two together, you know, and released it to the media. Like, you don't really know. And it's so it's just it's just this weird thing. And it got even weirder because, you know, when summer camp started at the beginning of July, um, you know, there's all kinds of uh, hiccups getting the testing regimen up and running um the rockies did great and i think i saw an article at a couple of different spots maybe it was just in the post denver post that were praising the rockies hey you they, you've done a good job you've done it uh been doing really well but some other teams around the league really struggled like you know i saw several teams i think the astros were one of them maybe the diamondbacks were another where they had to cancel uh practices and workouts for a day while they waited for all their test results their intake tests to come through so it's just there's so much that the the pandemic is not leaving yeah. uh even though we're getting games it's going to be very apparent in so many different ways that like pandemic's still here and it's still affecting what it's doing and uh in some really significant ways yeah one of the things that i said um when they announced that okay we're moving forward with a 60 game season it was a very bittersweet moment for me because In my mind, I'm like, yes, we're getting baseball. But at the same time, the pandemic's not over and it's a long ways from being over at this point. And so it's like baseball's back, but the virus never left. And I will just have to see how this plays out. Like, I have no idea how it's going to play out with travel, with interacting with other teams. And, you know, what if like five people on a team end up with the virus and I know they have the taxi squad, but what if it just spreads quickly? Like you just don't really know how things are going to play out in a clubhouse. You don't know how it's going to play out with everything. The good news is that baseball is probably one of the most socially distant sports. Like other than when you're on base and running the baseline, like you're spaced out. It's not like our outfielders are hugging each other. You're not tackling anybody. Like there are a few moments where people will get close to each other or if, you know, the catcher tries to tag someone out. There's, you know, really close distance. But other than that, it's probably one of the safer sports to get started. So yeah. we'll see how it all plays out. It's just going to be a very interesting season no matter what happens. It's it's such an anomaly too, So right? So, you know, you, you mentioned the 60-game season. Um, how are we supposed to think about this season um, five years from now, ten years from now, right? Like – you know, let's say we're looking back, uh, you know, it's 2030. We're looking at the, we're 10 years on from the great pandemic of 2020. Like, how do we look at, uh, at this season? Like, what does it mean that someone won the MVP in a 60 game season? Like, what does it mean that someone finished in third place, uh, and you know, a game out of, out of the wild card this season, because, you know, like you said, the virus could spread. So like you can have a team like the Dodgers could, you know, conceivably lose half their starting lineup for as long as two weeks. And, you know, when the season is, 
you know, just over eight weeks, eight weeks long, like that's a big deal. You know, and the Dodgers might not be the best example because, you know, they're stupid deep and that's why we hate them. But, um, you know, how, how, how are we supposed to treat a season like this? Um, you know, one in the moment, but two, looking back, you know, when we get beyond this and, and look back on it, like, yeah, the, were the Dodgers really that bad? No, they just got slammed with the virus. Like, oh, we're, we're, you know, let's say the Padres win the World Series. Like, were they really that good or were they just lucky because they didn't have anyone significant hit, get the virus? Like, you know, there's been several different media and team people who have come out and said, like, you know, the team that wins is going to be the team that had the fewest cases. Um, which... Yeah, it's really going to come down to, like, are you guys really that good? Or is it the fact that you guys were just really good at right. mitigating the spread of the virus? Like, it's just going to be a completely different year. And when you look at this, I don't know, like, let's say 20 years from now, you're looking at the history books and you're saying, wow, this team won the World Series in 2020. If we even get right. to the point where we have playoffs, like... Is this going to be one of those things where you're like, yeah, you won the World Series, but like, do we really give you credit for winning the World Series? Because, yeah, I mean, we, you only played so many games, and you know, I guess you didn't lose all of your star players to the virus, so I think you're probably just lucky, not necessarily the best team. So it, we'll see how this right. all plays out. And, you know, and we've had strike shortened seasons. Like '81 was a really weird year where you know they kind of had two split seasons because of the way that the uh, the CBA worked and I don't remember if that's a lockout or a strike. Um, you know, but you know, whoever won the, I know who won the 1980 world series. That was the, um, wait, do I, doesn't matter. F fact is like, we're looking back 40 years. We don't really look back at 1981 and be like, Oh, well that wasn't a legitimate season. No one looks at the Braves winning the world series in 95 in a strike short shortened season, uh, any differently. But then again, you know, that year they played like 130-ish games. I think it was 134 by the time they got the 95 season going. Like, we're playing half of those games. So what does it even mean? You know, and I, this idea isn't unique to me, but I, I'm going to endorse it with, uh, with my full strength. Um, you know, Rob Manfred, uh, when he was responding to the penalties for the Astros for the cheating scandal, um, they, you know, he said... No, we're not stripping them of their World Series title. Um, and he made the now infamous uh, gaffe of calling it uh, the trophy a big hunk of metal. Like, why are people, people shouldn't get so upset over a hunk of metal? Like, this is the commissioner of the sport. Like, the trophy is literally called the commissioner's trophy, and he called it a hunk of metal. And so I think what they should do this year is not award the commissioner's trophy. Like, you know, set that aside. Like, let's make a different trophy. Um, and, and we can call it the 2020 uh, Coronavirus Hunk of Metal Championship trophy. Uh, that would actually be very entertaining. And I, you're going to have purists who are going to say that, like, no, you're ruining the sport. But, like, also we're playing 60 games in a regular season. This isn't a normal year. We're playing 60 games. It's, 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 so, it's so bizarre. And, like, that brings something else up. Like, hey – Becca, do you remember the big news in January and when, when, you know, this big sign stealing scandal from the Astros hit? Do you remember that? Do you remember that that was a thing? Yeah. Because I, I had literally forgotten until I just said it. Like, I can't remember the last time I thought about that. 
until I just said it. And it's just <laughs> one, that's what the pandemic does. But also like, that's just how weird this season's going to be. Like that's not even going to be the third biggest story when, when we look back at 2020. I, I mean, I don't think, sorry. When we yeah, look so back the, at 2020 in thing, baseball. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that's interesting for me is the only reason I remember the Astro sign stealing scandal is I have a couple really good friends that are from Houston mm. and they're big Astros fans. And I was in Nashville a couple weeks ago. Yes, I know I'm crazy for traveling, but whatever. Um, I stayed with. I my moved across really country, her- so don't worry about <laughs> it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I stayed with my best friend and her husband, and her husband's one of those people from Houston. And him and I love to talk about baseball. Um, and we were talking about that. Like, it's just one of those conversations that him and I can have and discuss. But that's the only reason why it's still on the top of my brain is because I have friends who feel very affected by it. And like, yes, it came back up again during the draft and all of those things, but yeah, it's going to be such a minimal, not necessarily minimal, but I would say it's probably going to be like, so 2020 brought us the Astro sign ceiling scandal and the coronavirus and a 60 game season. And it's not going to be the headline of the year. Like we anticipated it to be because of how things have changed so rapidly. I mean, I can tell you one fan base that is going to remember, and we can use this to transition into talking about the schedule. And that's going to be the Dodgers because the Dodgers and the Astros are going to play each other uh, this season because with the 60 game season, uh, you know, each team is just going to play in their division and then their counterpart interleague division. Um, So NL West, AL West, NL Central, AL Central, NL East, AL East, um, and so, you know, Dodgers fans are going to remember, even though they won't be in the stadium to boo the Astros, maybe the Dodgers will, uh, get a big recording of Dodgers fans booing and pipe it in, uh, just for, just to keep everyone happy. <laughs> I, I would, uh, I would actually be in favor of piping in fan noise at that point. But yeah, the, the schedule, like, um, talked about how the, the travel is going to be weird and, you know, they thought, oh, we'll do five-game series so we can lessen travel. And, the, like, there's a couple different spots where, like, you know, the Rockies are at home for, you know, two series, and then they go to Houston for two days, and then they come back to Denver to play Houston for two days. And it's just like, is that really necessary? Like, I mean, it's just, um, like, I get it when they do it with uh, with Oakland at the beginning of the season, but... But yeah, you just look at the schedules, and especially at least in the NL West and AL West schedules, like it doesn't seem like they put a lot of effort into reducing travel, um, and and whatnot. But to to the point where yeah, I actually, go ahead. I was gonna say I actually wrote an article prior to the schedule being released um, about what the different options mean and the new challenges and it was before we really knew what it was going to look like. All we knew was that there were going to be 40 games against the NL West and 20 games against the AL West. So I was just making a guessing game, but I analyzed all of the teams in the the NL West and how the Rockies have done in the, the past few years facing them. And I also looked at the previous three years for each of the AL West teams. Um, so it just makes it so weird. And I looked at like, Maybe we'll do five game series. If it's four, is it going to be four games against every single one of the AL West teams, which it's different. Like, I think there's one, I can't remember off the top of my head. There's one team that we don't have at Coors Field, but we face 
on their turf and I can't and, remember. And exactly I think there's one that's the inverse where we don't go somewhere, but they come here. Like, I think we go to Seattle, but they don't come here. Um, yeah. So it's just a weird schedule in general. And, and then the angels, we go to them. Yeah. Something like that. And the other but thing yeah. that's weird is I have, I will be honest. I have not looked at every team's schedule for 2021, but they released the 21, 20, <laughs> the 2021 schedule um, just a couple days after they released the 2020 schedule. And for interleague games in 2021, we only faced the AL West again. So I don't know if that was them making precautions to prepare in case the virus lasts through 2021, or if it was just kind of a more ironic situation. I haven't looked at all of the other schedules for other teams to see if it's the same way, but I think it's fascinating that for the next two seasons so this partial or the shortened season and then our 2021 season we will only see al west teams we won't see any other interleague teams so it's just an interesting everything is just going to be interesting about this year no matter what happens i mean yeah and so like that for that for 2021 like you know i'm sure that they start you know they start working on the 2021 schedule uh you know, not long after they release the 2020 schedule, right? Uh, because, you know, there's different things that the hoops that they have to jump through. Like, for example, the Kansas City Royals share a parking lot with the Kansas City Chiefs, so they can't have games on the same day. Um, and so, so there's there's hoops like that that every team has to has to jump through. Um, so they've been working on it for a while, um, and. The AL West was in the rotation. So last year it was the AL East that the Rockies faced. Um, this year it was supposed to be the AL Central. Which um, and so that led me to believe that we were gonna they were just gonna kind of push it back and like okay you still get the AL Central um, next year, which would have been great because you know I just moved to Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> we are within we were we are within five hours of nine different Major League Baseball stadiums, including a bunch of AL Central teams. So I was like, shoot, I might get to see a bunch of Rockies games on the road uh, this year at AL, you know, teams. Like I'll you know, make a little road trip. Like it'll be really fun. Nope, that's dashed out from under me. Like it's going <laughs> to be another two years before that happens. So like. But, you know, whatever. You're at least close to a couple of, like, the other National League teams. So hopefully in 2021 you can make it to some National League parks. But I know this year we were originally slated to only face the Rangers from the um, AL West. So I think it was – we were supposed to just – I don't – I don't remember the exact. I have so many schedules in my brain because I've looked at the 2020 shortened at the 2021. I am an idiot and still have the 2019 schedule on my fridge. So like my brain is just mush when I compare all the schedules at this point, but I know oh, for well, sure. I, I have the 2020 magnetic schedule right over here and you better believe I'm keeping that. Cause that's going to be a collector's item. Yeah. I didn't get a 2021 last at the end of last season, which is unusual because I'm pretty sure I have like, four versions of 2019 on my fridge at the moment but i do one thing that is cool that i do have from 2020 that i think is going to be special is i have a spring training game used ball that says spring twain spring twaining <laughs> spring training 2020 i hope it doesn't it. say spring twaining yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm getting all uh 
stuttery a little bit, yeah. but I also have a 2020 spring training lanyard. So I have a lanyard that I bought at the game because I'm a big lanyard person. I swap mine out pretty regularly. Um, and now I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm going to use this one because it's kind of cool. It says spring training 2020 on it. But the game used baseball from 2020 spring training is going to be something that is I'm keeping forever because it's going to be a memory because I actually got to attend games in 2020 before everything shut down. And but very it's few also people did. One of those so, things. Yeah, yeah. I'll look at and be like, wow, yeah, I actually got to go to 2020 spring training before the world changed. So yeah. it'll be definitely memories. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Typically this time of the podcast, you would hear Adam and I signing off and probably saying go Rockies because we're excited for the season. But unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties and we lost our phone call connection at the very end of this conversation. So we picked back up and we started doing another recording, but that went a little bit longer than anticipated. So we are actually going to do a surprise secondary episode this week. So make sure you check back and listen for that. We go into a lot more details about the 2020 season, the roster, and quite a few of the changes that have happened over the past few days. So thank you for joining us and go Rockies. Thank you for listening to Affected by Altitude, a Purple Row podcast.